All right, I believe it's recording now. Let's have a quick update of the of the markets. Here, this is my trading view. And what I have here right now is Bitcoin. Bitcoin has done nothing over the past, um, this is April, so end of April up till now. So that's May, June, for over two months, Bitcoin has done practically nothing. So price usually moves in three possible directions. It can go up like this. It can go down like this, or it can move sideways. Those are the three possible directions. So right now, Bitcoin is not moving up, neither is it moving down. It is moving sideways. So that's why I have drawn this two parallel yellow lines to indicate a channel showing that Bitcoin is simply consolidating within that channel. So from here, it goes up, pulls back, bounces, pulls back up bounces sorry pulls back again and now we've been just midway through the parallel lines and who knows how long that's going to continue for but the key point here is as long as we're in this channel for those who like to trade lower time frames there could be lots of trades to be taken here between this lower trend line and this upper trend line but that's not for me i prefer to trade the daily chart because i'm pretty much a swing trader so for swing traders who are trading daily charts there's not much to do within this channel although let me see how from the bottom of this channel to the top is, hmm, well, there's some money to be made within this channel. There is some money to be made. So, yeah, well, I actually bought at the bottom here and I sold here, which was good. It depends on the size of the position. So you can buy at the low sell at the top it's never recommended to short bitcoin so don't think about shorting on the top of this channel and just below that channel is the 200 day moving average the blue line and that is also coinciding with the bottom of this cloud so that's somewhere here few days more and price will be below the cloud so that's going to be significant because it means sellers are now dominant but for now i would just focus on this channel that's the most important or oh, these two are the most important levels so the first level is 85.43 
So that's a level to watch. If price breaks below 85.43, it means price could be going down. At that level, it's gonna be below the cloud. That's the Ichimoku cloud. So that's a level that should make bears very happy. And the RSI is already below 40. And it's very close to getting into oversold conditions, which is ridiculous because price has been in the channel for over two months. So why should it be oversold? That could mean there's not much room for price to go lower, but the swing low is around here. This is the swing low. So of course, price can fall as low as 4,000. There has to be something really serious taking place for price to go that low. So I'm not really looking at that scenario. If price breaks below this channel, 85,000, sorry, 8,500, then there's no point entering any new long positions. You just wait for it to form a base and then go long. If price breaks above this upper trend line, which is currently 10,200, then it could be a sign that we might be having a new breakout. So for now, just keep watching this price and keep watching it, con it consolidate. It shouldn't, it can't continue like this. It can't continue like this. On the weekly chart, still have this um, broadening descending wedge. Okay, this is the broadening descending wedge. For those who like chat patterns, this is one pattern for you. The broadening descending wedge is, is a bullish pattern. It's also showing consolidation. So price, consolidates within this two trend lines. The two trend lines are sloping downwards. So right now we are just hogging the upper trend line and usually the breakout is to the upside like that. So does this mean price will break out to the upside? Well, price is already above the cloud on the weekly chart price is above the cloud on the daily chart price is inside the cloud and the RSI is 57 on the weekly chart it can go as high as 80 as we can see here in 2019 July RSI was as high as 87. So there's still room to the upside. Just have to wait and see. 
Uh, I don't need to go down to four hours. I don't trade. I don't trade low time frames. Okay, let me delete these lines. Remove. Remove. Right. The US dollar. Hmm. Just like Bitcoin, the US dollar is in a range. It's consolidating. And that consolidation is shown by these two parallel lines. The lower trend line is at 96.04. The upper trend line is at 97.66. So after this, um, this downtrend that we had starting in on the 25th of May, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight consecutive red candles. And then we had one pause, that's a green candle, slight pause, and then three more consecutive red candles. And then we bottomed here, 96.04. And then we bounced up. And then there was a full bounce which formed what is called a partial decline. So price declined or fell, but it didn't get to the bottom of the channel. So that's a partial decline and then went back up and now it's pulling back. So there's really nothing interesting to do here other than to wait and see. Is it going to break out? upwards or downwards who knows a lot of macro analysts are already saying because of the amount of um, money being created by the federal reserve the u.s dollar is going to lose its value so that's one um, scenario for a downtrend there's also another camp that says there's a shortage of US dollars. So there's gonna be high demand, which will cause price to go up. Now, if you are just looking at the chart, you are not trying to predict. You're simply trying to see which of those two scenarios will play out and then you jump on the trend. That's why I prefer this way of navigating the market. What are you going to do, US dollar? Are you going to break out to the upside or break out to the downside? Whichever one you decide to do, that's fine with me. Just above this channel is the 200 day moving average, which is now at 98.3. Price is also below the cloud, each mobile cloud. So hmm, if we use the concept of reversion to the mean, it means there's room upwards for price to go. So we might go back to the 200 day moving average and then go back up above the cloud, which is going to be, uh, the cloud represents the equilibrium point of uh, price based on how the cloud is derived. So that's the equilibrium point. Right now we are below equilibrium. We're also below 
the 200 day moving average. And RSI has just recovered from an oversold condition. It fell to a low value of 17. Right now it is at 40. So in a downtrend, RSI crossing above 40 is, could be a sign that price is about to recover. Now, if it goes to 60 and crosses 60, it means it's no longer in a downtrend. That's why this consolidation in this channel is very significant. And it makes even more sense when you view it in relation to the RSI. A breakout above this channel will definitely cross above 40. Now, on the weekly chart, price is just inside the cloud and price has bounced off the 200 day. Well, what do you call this on the weekly chart? Is this the 200 week moving average or is it still the 200 day moving average? And price RSI rather has just, well, has just crossed below 40, but right now it's at 40, which is also good. Mm. There's not much to see in this weekly chart. But what's important here is price bouncing on that moving average. That's very important. Oh, something interesting here. The top of the cloud aligns with the top of the channel and price has been rejected three times there. So, okay, this is actually a good point. Breaking above this channel will also mean breaking above the cloud, which means price is now above equilibrium, the equilibrium point, which means bulls are now in control. So where we close next week will be very important, but it looks like we're on a downtrend on the weekly chart. Next one is gold. This is a daily chart of gold. Gold has been on a massive bull run. Massive bull run, started in 2018, August. I still remember this cup and handle very clearly. This is the cup and handle. That's the cup and that's the handle. This handle, with a top at 13.49, this was in February, this handle was a um, falling wedge. I remember very clearly when it broke out. And then it broke out, flagged, broke out, formed another falling wedge, then broke out again. <laughs> so the bull run began from a low of 1166 and in just in just two years we're at 1775 
no, 17, yeah, 1775. That's pretty impressive. So it's just some fundamental reason behind that. There's a massive debate going on in the in the um, well in on Fintweet about um, whether we are in an inflationary period or a deflationary period. Considering how much money has been created, you would expect that that will lead to oversupply of money, dollars, and that should result in a fall in the value of the dollar. So that's pretty inflationary. That should be bullish for gold. So based on that, a lot of people are buying gold. Some other macro analysts say it's deflationary. And that's pretty much due to the pandemic out there. People are not traveling like they should. People are not spending. So you might create as much dollars as you want, but if people are not spending it, then it's as, it's as good as um, limited supply of dollars. But whatever the correct analysis is, if all you're doing is looking at the charts like I am doing right now, all I can see is, all right, we gold sold off in February along with the stock market and then bounced in March into this channel. And it's been consolidating there for, um, this is April, April, May, June, July, for three months. It consolidated all the while that consolidation was above the 200-day moving average and the Ichimoku cloud. It consolidated, it bounced off the cloud and the channel, and then on 22nd June, it broke out of the channel. It's struggling a little bit. It has bounced, has pulled back, bounced off the trend line, but right now it's up. So is this the breakout or are we gonna see a pullback into the channel? That remains to be seen. So what this is saying is, um, perhaps price is confirming that this is inflationary. At least that's what it looks like. The dollar is on a downtrend, it's falling. Gold is in an uptrend, it's rising. So is that deflation or inflation? Well, who cares? Gold is in an uptrend, so buy gold. So price is above the cloud, the cloud is also in an uptrend, you can use this cloud as a, as, uh, as, I don't want to say prediction, but it's kind of forward looking, okay? Because that is taking the midpoint or the equilibrium of price and plotting it um, 26 periods in the future. So that's, in an uptrend right now, so that could be an indication that price is going up. 
depends on how strongly you want to you want to put your trust in these indicators. The 200 day moving average is far below price. So if there is a reversion to the mean, well, there's no reason for that fundamentally. How about the RSI? RSI is in overbought conditions. But the key that needs to be noted here is it can stay there for a long time, just like it did here. RSI, this is not really the RSI. This is the RMI. So there's a subtle difference between the RSI and the RMI. The RMI can stay in overbought conditions much longer. Okay, so in situations where the RSI will dip below back under 70 and then go back up, creating false signals, the RMI maintains uh, its position above the, the over, in overbought conditions. So RMI stands for Relative Momentum Index. I just kind of like it. They're, they're almost the same. They're almost the same. So it can stay in overbought conditions for weeks. So this is not a, this is not, RSI is at 73 right now. So that's not a signal to sell. No. Besides, you shouldn't be selling gold. You should hold it. If there's a pullback, you buy more. Why? Because the Fed is still going to do what the Fed is going to do. So gold is a safe haven. So that's gold weekly chart. Wow, look at, no, this is extremely bullish. Look at this cloud. It's clearly in an uptrend. The cloud is slanting upwards the rsi on the weekly chart is in overbought conditions and it's been there for a while for a while so that's that's a that's a that's an indication of how strong the trend is in gold it's a very strong trend and this is that cup and handle again falling wedge down to 1268 broke out bull flag down to 14.59, broke out, and then February no, sold off. Right, so these, this weekly chart, price bounce off the cloud. That's pretty impressive. And then we found this channel and we have broken out. So the weekly chart for gold is looking very good for, for buyers. It looks like this, this could easily run away to 18,000 easily, easily. So from 1775, price could easily run away to 18,000. So we have to see what next week is going to do. Huh. Easily. Gold is looking gold for buyers. 
NASDAQ, you won't find a crazier, more bullish uptrend than this NASDAQ. This is NASDAQ 100 tech stocks. Very strong uptrend from the day it bounced. Um, that was 23rd of March. Yeah, that's the day the market bottomed. So it's been up, pull back, strong uptrend, and then uh, that was 20, 17th of April, breaks out of the cloud, closed on the uh, at 88.42. And then there was a pullback, which bounced off the cloud at 83.75. That was on 21st of April. And then up and up and up and up and went. So this is clearly, well, there's still some people who believe it's a bear market rally. But just look at the size of these pullbacks. They're so small. No, not this. I need, yeah. Look at the size of these pullbacks. So small. That's tiny in comparison to the uptrend. So the pullbacks are so small. They're not even, they're not even, deep enough for you to buy the dip. I was going to buy the NASDAQ. I was going to buy QQQ. But those pullbacks were so shallow. So shallow. It's ridiculous. New all-time highs. 10,000 NASDAQ 100. Crazy. And it's not even taking a break. And then the RSI... <laughs> has been in oversold, sorry, overbought conditions. Well, RMI, overbought conditions since May. Since May, May, June, July, three months in overbought conditions. The cloud slanting upwards. So annoying. How nice would it be to have pull back and then people can jump in here including me and then we bounce off the cloud but all hope is not lost if you look here that's at the top of the price action on the 10th of june 23rd of june and 2nd of july there are three peaks there. And then if you look at the RMI, you see three peaks slanting downwards. So we've got some divergence. Let me draw this with a straight line. So we have this and this. Come on. And this. That is bearish divergence. So does it mean price is about to pull back, like I said, down to the cloud where it will now bounce? The thing about divergence is divergence works fine at tops and bottoms. 
but divergence can be easily invalidated. So if we have, okay, if we have a very good week this week, this RMI can easily go above this point, which is the point on the 10th of June. So 10th of June, RMI was 86. So we can easily go above 86 this week. And that will be the end of the divergence. So divergence is important after the fact, in hindsight. I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. But this is a very nice chart for those who are already in the market. Weekly chart, looking good. And here again, you have this crazy divergence, but this is over, over three months long. Look at that. Is this a sign? Hmm, who knows? Look at this beautiful bounce during the sell-off down to the two that moving average okay and then bounces off the cloud on the weekly chart impressive that's the nasdaq s p 500 s p 500 just like bitcoin us dollar and in some ways gold okay gold has broken out so not gold Bitcoin and the US dollar. The S&P is also consolidating. It's been doing nothing. Price can either go up or down or sideways. Right now, S&P is moving sideways. There's nothing interesting taking place. And this is the channel. So after recovering in March, price went up to this level, that's 29.63, and then there was a pullback, bounced off the cloud, pulled back again, bounced off the cloud, and then tested resistance for one, two, three days, and then broke out. So we have this resistance zone here, and then got to the top, there was a pullback, back to this same resistance area and then this is a partial rise okay price tries to go up didn't get up to the trend line and then pulled back and then it bounced off that resistance line again so this is a legit resistance zone which also happens to be where the 200 day moving average is so we've tested it twice, it has held. Are we gonna break above this trend line? So the bottom of the trend line is 29.86. The top is 32.31. What's gonna happen? Again, there's no need to try to predict. Best thing to do here is to just wait. If price breaks below, okay we're going down how far down mm, doesn't look like there's much room it's going to bounce somewhere in the cloud 
if price goes up, okay, time to buy. Maybe new all-time highs, who knows? Who knows? So no need to try to predict anything. I'm just gonna take it slow, nice and easy. The cloud is currently flat, showing that there's not, there isn't much of a strong indication of an uptrend. Hmm. RSI is at 60. Okay, that's a good sign. So RSI is at 60 means we're still in the uptrend. If RSI falls down to 40, then the uptrend is in danger. Now, RSI at 40 could be, let me see. If we come back down to this trend line, that's the bottom of the channel at 29.86, that could take us down to RSI of 40. But underneath that is the cloud. So this is technically, okay, from the price action, it looks more like an uptrend than, a, well, it is an uptrend, but it looks like the, the path of least resistance is to the upside than the downside. Having said that, there is a, there's a, there's a resistance line at the top of this channel. Where is that channel? Not this. I have a channel somewhere here. Not this one. This one. Right. There is a resistance zone somewhere here. And this is the zone from where price bounced in 2019 December. So we bounced here. Resistance zone is at 32.24. And then we bounced again on the 31st of January, 2020. And then sold off. So there is a resistance zone here. How strong it is, we're gonna find out. So there might be some consolidation at the top when price gets there, at the top of the channel. So it's not, it's not smooth sailing for the S&P. We might be in this channel for a while, for a while. And then you have all the, um, the negative fundamentals taking place. So we might be stuck in this channel. We might break out, who knows? Weekly chart. Weekly chart is not looking bad. Price is above the channel, okay. So we have bounced, we have had three, one, two, three, four weeks in the, in, not in the channel, in the cloud. Yeah, four weeks in the cloud. Now we're above the cloud. So I think that channel is what's important. RSI is 56. So there's room to the upside and the downside. Yeah, this looks more like upside to me. 
Yeah, looks more like upside. And if, if you look at the number of stocks that are above the 200 day moving average, not the number, the percentage, 42%, no, 41% of stocks in the S&P index are above the 200 day moving average. That's less than half, mm, not so positive. That's not so positive. 42% of stocks are above the 100-day moving average. Not great. 67% of stocks in the S&P are above the 50-day moving average. Mm, I don't really pay attention to the 50-day moving average, so not significant to me. A lot of people look at the 20-day moving average. 38% of stocks are above the 20-day the moving average. That's not very good. That's not good at all. How about market breadth? Right, market breadth. There are more stocks making new highs than new lows in the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, this is the new high new lows for the New York Stock Exchange. So that's pretty clear. So if there are more stocks making new highs, that's that's positive. There are many, but at least they're making new highs. And this massive increase in stocks making new lows was during the the sell-off in March. That was crazy. Now, looking at this, it might look like, oh, that's not a lot of stocks making new highs. But in a typical bull market, that amount of new highs is not that bad. This, this is what a bull market looks like. Okay, this was the bull run just before the sell-off in February. So these are the stocks making new highs. It's not bad. Not bad. New highs, new lows in the NASDAQ. There are far more stocks making new highs in the NASDAQ than in the New York Stock Exchange. A lot more. That's why the NASDAQ has this crazy uptrend that we're seeing. It's almost like a straight line. So it's better to have positions in the NASDAQ. Tech stocks. The McClellan oscillator is already showing a downtrend. It's, it's more of a short-term signal. So this downtrend is most likely pointing at this part of the S&P. Yeah, this is what it's pointing at. So because price pulled back in June on the 9th and then we bounced 
and then we have this pullback again. So that is what is reflecting here. That's what's reflecting here. So the most important thing to note here is, okay, there was a pullback and now it's gone back up and it's about to break into positive territory. So it's not, it's not really a negative sign, but it's not positive either. So market breadth is not looking bad. Market breadth is not looking great, but at the same time, it's saying, well, we're in an uptrend and stocks are not doing great, but it's better than doing terrible, terribly. Advanced decline line is struggling. Okay, it looks flat. So more stocks in the New York Stock Exchange. I'm not even sure if it's the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, yeah should be the New York Stock Exchange, not the S&P. More stocks are advancing than declining. So this is a zoomed in version. So there are more stocks advancing in price, although there's been a massive drop, but there's still more stocks advancing. So that is showing that irrespective of what is going on fundamentally, earnings might be terrible, um, businesses might be going bankrupt, there's still more stocks increasing in their share price. So that's a positive sign. There are positive signs everywhere, technically, not fundamentally. In the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ, of course, has even, it has a, a sharper uptrend. That's the advanced decline line for the NASDAQ. Far more stocks are advancing than declining. And this is corroborating what the new high, new lows are saying. So market breadth is good. Very good. As long as you have, well, as long as I'm seeing more green in new highs, new lows, it's it's better to stay in the market. It's better to be long. As long as the advanced decline line is showing an uptrend, then I want to be buying. Okay, how about sectors? How are they doing? Technology. Oh no, go back. Come here. Right. Technology sector. Well, it's obvious that technology sector is doing great, especially with the NASDAQ. But compared to the S&P, so technology is outperforming the S&P. Look at the way it's hogging the cloud. From this point here in 2019, so it got up here and then it bounced on the 29th of May, up again, bounced 17th of September, 2019, bounced again October 23rd, bounced again February 28th. So it just keeps bouncing off the cloud. Performance has been great. So this is the relative strength of the tech sector and it's outperforming the SPY. The, the chart will look pretty similar to the NASDAQ. So I don't even need to look at that. 
discretionary. Now these sectors, that's technology, discretionary, and communications. These are, what do you call them? Aggressive sectors. Yes. So when the market is doing fine, these sectors do well. Or when the sectors do well, the market does well. They're aggressive. So this is discretionary. Discretionary, when people have money to buy items that they don't really need, they just want those items, then you know, seems people are doing well. So discretionary is also outperforming the S&P. XLY. Oh, that's the actual chart of discretionary. Hmm. It actually formed a new all-time high in June 8. And that was at 133. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, discretionary is doing fine. Communications. Communications is struggling. I can't even see a trend here. These stocks were taken out of tech. They're mostly internet stocks, um, telecommunication, all those mobile phone companies, ETC. It tends to do well, but it's been, well, historically, it's been flat against the S&P. I wouldn't put my money in this sector. It's even struggling now. Small caps, Russell 2000. Russell 2000 had, okay, after the sell-off in March, it actually had a period here where it outperformed the S&P. Not, not sustained periods of outperformance, but, you know, Shut periods of outperformance. So from the bounce on the 19th of March, outperformed, then underperformed. Then it outperformed again in 17th of April, then underperformed 29th of April. So it just keeps underperforming, outperforming. And that has formed a bear flag. So is it going to outperform again by bouncing off this region here. That's the cloud and the bottom of this channel. Or is it gonna break downwards since it's a bear flag? Either way, I don't wanna be in that sector. Energy, this one I like. I like energy, why? because it has hardly outperformed the S&P. It did for a while, okay? During the bounce from the bottom, it, it, had, it had, had quite a period of outperformance, but now it's underperforming. But are we going to see a bounce here? It's right inside the cloud, so it could bounce off the cloud. 
and this looks like a trend line here. So, would we be seeing a rebound? I like this one. I like this one, especially with what the price of oil is doing right now. So this is XLE. This is what it looks like. So that's the relative strength chart. This is the actual price chart for XLE. And this is that period of outperformance. Very strong outperformance. And now it has underperformed. But it has run into that cloud could we see another outburst of outperformance if we see that that could mean if for those who like uh, wave analysis that could mean this is wave one wave two and then is there a wave three coming we're far beneath the 200 day moving average. So there's room to the upside and we're still above the cloud. We're bouncing off the cloud. What about RSI? Go back. RSI is at 39, just under 40. So the uptrend is not over yet. So there's, I like this one. Tempted to. At the moment, the tech sector, discretionary and, well, just tech and discretionary are doing very well. So could we see a rotation out of the tech and discretionary sectors into the energy sector? That's what I want to know. If there is going to be a rotation, it will be very good to catch that uptrend early. Very early. All right, um, healthcare. Healthcare is underperforming. Look at this. It says underperformed. It looks like it wants to begin to outperform, but is that a bear flag? It does look like a bear flag. Or is it bouncing on that 200-day moving average? It's already been oversold, so it's recovering now. Interesting. Let me see what the chart looks like. The chart XLV. Ah. Just like the relative strength chart, the price chart is bouncing off the 200-day moving average, and that's at 97. Current price is 101. And this, this is clearly a consolidation here. This is a consolidation. So is it trying to gather momentum for a breakout? to the upside. It doesn't look like it's going to break out to the downside. Hmm. Hmm. I like this chart. I like this one too. So XLV is one to watch. XLE is another one to watch. 
I like this Excel view. I'm going to take note of that. XLU, utilities. Utilities are suffering. They're getting hammered. Hammered out, um, underperforming the SPY. Uh, I wouldn't touch this one. XLU. Um, hmm, okay. This is the actual chart. It doesn't look nice. Okay. Uh, got rejected at a 200-day moving average. And then it pulled back. Is it bouncing? Question is, where are we in the business cycle? It's just the time for utilities to outperform. Well, doesn't look like it's outperforming from this chart and doesn't even look like it's going to recover yet. Real estate, uh, not doing well. Consumer staples, this is the one you would expect to do. Okay, no, discretionary does well and tech does well. All right, this one, staples, things like food, clothing, items you really need, baby food, baby clothing, um, all those other items that are needed. It's not doing. It's not doing very well. XLP. It's just flat. Nope. Stay away. And financials. XLF. XLF is, well, it's been suffering. The banks are not doing well at all. So we've got this downtrend. Try to recover here. Got rejected by the cloud and then pulled back. Could we see a double bottom here? So that'll be the bottom at, okay, this is the relative strength chart. Let me see what the, XLF chart looks like. Hmm, this is the XLF. Mm, RSR is at 42, so it's not over for this uptrend. It could be bouncing in this cloud. It's possible we see a reversion to the mean. Tricky one, that's a tricky one. I don't know, but I, I like it. I like it because of this, it looks like a double bottom here. I don't know, XLB materials. Uh, materials, I don't know what to make of this. I'll be I'm missing one sector, industrials. Let me add that, XLI slash SPY. Right, industrials. Industrials, not doing well. Why would I even invest in industrials? I don't know which companies are in the industrials. 
Nope, not interested. I like the XLE. XLV, not too much. Yeah, XLE, energy. Why XLE? Because if you take a look at oil, this is what you see. Oil has formed an ascending triangle. Okay, this is the horizontal top of the triangle and this is the upward sloping bottom of the triangle. So price bounced here after that massive sell-off. And then got rejected here, pulled back, broke out, bounced, got rejected here, bounced, got rejected, bounced, and now it has fully squeezed into this triangle with price at $40 a barrel. What should be expected here? Going by chart patterns, this is a bullish pattern that you break out to the upside. Even a breakout just to the 200 day moving average takes price to 44, which is good. The RSI is already in overbought conditions, but that shouldn't stop price from breaking up. So if the price of oil is going to break out of this ascending triangle, then things are looking good for XLE. So if I'm going to buy any sector next week or this week, it's going to be the XLE. 